up band heads so i hope you all had a good week we took a week off last week because honestly i'm gonna just be real like i was at my sai convention i was at sci 85 i went to dci like i was doing all the things we are outside again i masked up but we're outside but anyway so, you know, band season is about to start. It is August and folks are in camps and everything. And so I thought I would talk to a really good buddy of mine who represents FAMU. Like when FAMU, when you say name FAMU, she is the person that I think of. Um, there's a couple people that come to mind, but she's definitely one of those people. And I really enjoyed um, talking with her. And she's actually the president of the National Alumni Band Association. So yeah, if it's one thing about Kim, she's going to represent the hundreds. So here is my interview with Kim Evans. All right. I am here with my good buddy, my <laughs> a good buddy of mine who I've known for years. We are with Kim Evans, who is among many things, she's a teacher and she's also president of the Marching 100 of FAMU, their alumni association. So she definitely marched for, for FAMU and you were a flute player, right? No. no clarinet, clarinet. Okay, what? <laughs> Why did I mess that up? Somebody on my own instrument. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's all right, but it's the right instrument though. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the right instrument. Okay. I knew it was a woodwind. So yeah. anyway, um, yes. So Kim, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing great. It is really good to like see you and talk to you because it's been yes. it's been a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna dive right into it because I know the people want to know about your life. So let's, let's start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Where's your hometown? My hometown is actually Quincy, Florida. I know a lot of people thought I grew up in Tallahassee, which I did spend some time in Tallahassee, but I actually was born in Quincy. And a little bit about Quincy. Um, Quincy is about 20 minutes west of Tallahassee. And it's, of course, the county seat of Gaston County. And that's really important because Gaston County is the only predominantly Black county in the state of Florida. Really? Yes. It's about 54% African-American, 33% white, 13% Hispanic. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, you know, was music a big factor, like growing up, you know, Black music? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, my my musical background actually started with my great-grandmother. Her name was Miss Maddie Andrews Lawson, and she was an elementary teacher for over 40 years, but she was well known as um, one of the church pianists in one of our local churches in Gaston County. And so I used to spend Sundays with her playing the piano with her and that's when I really wanted to learn more about music was because of her okay okay so was piano your first instrument piano was my first instrument at the age of five and I stuck with it all the way through college but um, of course when it came to sixth grade and of course I had to make choices about classes I immediately told my parents I wanted to be in the band that was it and actually the three my top three instruments that I wanted to play were clarinet alto saxophone and the flute so just woodwinds all the way woodwind I was woodwind <laughs> sold yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay so what was your what was your middle school band like? So you said you started in the sixth grade on your clarinet, your main instrument. Yeah, that was um, sixth grade. Um, when I started in band in middle school, it was fun. But, you know, I wanted a little more. I, I'm the type of person I love to be challenged. 
And so I wanted a little challenge, you know, yes, I'd be sitting down and playing certain songs. Yeah, that was cool, but I wanted more. So my seventh grade year, that's when we had, I had a new music teacher and his name, God rest his soul, is Mr. Eric Riera. And Mr. Riera came up in the hundred in the eighties, in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. And so he brought everything he learned about the hundreds of middle school. So at that time he had created the first ever middle school marching band for our school at the time and that was such an awesome experience and so that was really one of my first early tastes of you know getting the idea about what life in march 100 would be like so you all did high stepping and it was it was like a a mini hundred yes we did high stepping we participated a lot of parades we even did dance routines Okay. Okay. Yes. So the first time, when is the first time you saw FAMU's band? I mean, I, I figured. Oh, I was a toddler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was a toddler. My mother is a two-time graduate of Florida A&M University. So of course she, and of course my dad, my stepdad would take me to the FAMU football games, especially homecoming. So yeah, I had my early taste of homecoming as a toddler. And so of course, yes, my I love football. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge football fan. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, <laughs> my number one reason for going to the football games was the band. So every time the band stepped on the field, I was at all. I just, I was just in tune with the band. I didn't pay attention to anything else but the band. Wow. Wow. So your, your story kind of sounds a little bit similar to mine growing <laughs> up, you know, seeing. So I, I, I said to myself, if it's if it's one thing about Kim, she gonna rep fam you, she gonna rep the yes. hundred, and she gonna rep Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we're gonna get back to all right. So you you get in this like mini hundred in middle school and then high school. So what what was that like? High school was totally different. My band director graduated from the University of Florida. okay so so I switched from high knee stepping to glide stepping oh okay that was culture shock Uh, it was a culture shock yes but at the same time I had goals I was like okay yeah this is different but I'm gonna stick with it because you mm -hmm. know I wanted to I wanted to improve with my instrument so I stuck with it and um to my senior year I ended up being um co-section leader in the clarinet section during my senior year at high school and say at that time I was really deciding okay do I want to march in the college band or not but another great influence that stepped into my life during my freshman year high school was Dr. Julian E. White okay I went to school with his youngest daughter Phaedra and at the time when I first met Phaedra she was a senior and I was a freshman Okay, And so, of course, we became great friends ever since then. And so, of course, Dr. White would visit and rehearse the band, the symphonic band, uh, mostly, and to prepare us for district and state um, competition. And so that freshman year, Dr. White told me, he was like, hey, you know, you're going to be in the hundred, right? And I'm looking at him like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking about myself, really? <laughs> Am I that good to be that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. But, he's, but he never gave up on me. He was adamant. He was like, you're going to be in the 100. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you're going to be in the 100. I'm like, okay, doc. Okay. Wow. So he's so known my senior you were like year, 14. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Yes. So my senior year, 
um, you know, I was making decisions. And believe it or not, the beginning of my senior year, I was actually set on attending Florida State. Yes, I almost became a Seminole. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Now. That does not <laughs> compute with me. Oh, my gosh. Right. I almost became a Florida State Seminole. Yes. Um, now, my stepdad graduated from Florida State. He did. Yeah. Okay. So, so I had a few family members that graduated from Florida State. And a few graduated from FAM. So I'm here I am. I'm right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I was set at a city Florida State. Now, I wasn't sure about becoming a member of the Marching Chiefs. Uh, that right. wasn't, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but Dr. White um, uh, gave me a call. He got in contact with my parents. And he, he went ahead and set up an audition for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I said, like, okay, Ma, I guess I'll go to this audition. So went to the audition. There was Dr. White. Dr. White was smiling from ear to ear. I said, like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> so, you know, I did I did the oral exam. And then I, um, you know, he asked me to play my solo. Now, as soon as I was getting ready to play my state solo, that's when Dr. William P. Foster walks in. Oh, my goodness. I was, I was frozen. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This is the man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what I kept saying in my brain. This is the man. Absolutely. So, so Dr. White introduced me to Dr. Foster. And I was like, hello, sir. It is an honor to meet you. You know, I'm just like, you know, this is Dr. Foster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So I was, he asked me, if I, was I ready to play my solo? I was like, I have no choice but to be ready. <laughs> and so I played my solo and Dr. Foster said, young lady, you are a fine clarinet player. I was like, thank you. And he That's looked a at compliment Dr. of life. Yes. And he, <laughs> I would never forget this moment. He looked at Dr. White and said, um, Julian, he called him Julian. He said, Julian, could you go ahead and prepare the paperwork ready? I would like to offer this young lady a full music scholarship. Look at God. See? I, once again, I just stared. I was in shock. I was like, did he just say full ride? <laughs> did he just say that? And so, yes, I was um, I was offered a full music scholarship to attend FAMU. So Florida State, that went out the window when he said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's music to anybody's like, ears. <laughs> no, I'm going to Florida a &M. That's the deal. <laughs> so wow. that led me to Florida a &M University. Oh my gosh, that is an awesome story, Kim. That's an awesome story. Yes. So, um, you know, you said you got a, a, a full scholarship there. Did you have to be a music major? And let's actually, let's go back to high school. Did you know you wanted to be a music instructor? No. Okay. I was going to be, I actually was going to be a biology major because okay. I was interested in um, um, medicine particularly becoming a pediatrician or a pediatric um, nurse practitioner. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I love science. I actually, I am, I used to be a science geek, believe it or not. So <laughs> another thing I cannot picture you as, man, I'm telling you like when, yes, when, I, 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 when I think oh, of you, I just, yeah. Oh, math is, oh, I love me some math and some science. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, and it's funny that, you know, when I teach my buddy musicians now, when they notice that I know a few things about math and science, they're looking at me like, Miss Evans, you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, good night. So, but um, I was originally a biology pre-med major. So when I was actually given a music scholarship, I, at that time, I wasn't a music major. Mm-hmm. But I did change my major second semester freshman year. And the reason why is because 
I had an experience of, you know, teaching and working with um, younger children for a volunteer um, opportunity with members of the hundred. And that was such an awesome experience. I was like, you know what? I love working with kids. Why not teach? So at second semester freshman year, I changed my major to music education. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's good. So, wow. I'm just trying to, you, you are enlightening me today. Cause I, <laughs> <laughs> I had this, I had this thought in my, my head about how this was going to go, but this is good. This is good stuff. All right. So the hundred, you know, did you go to any band camps before? Like no. in high school? Okay. I did not attend any of the band camps. Now, mind you, the first band camp started in 1990. And okay. in 1990, um, I actually visited band camp, but I didn't participate. And I know in 1990, when band camp first started at FAMU, it was only two schools that brought students. That was um, Burke High School in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and William M. Raines High School in Jacksonville. So they brought their students. And of course, you know, both band directors were from Florida A&M. So, you know, they brought their kids. So ever since then, 90, the numbers kept growing. They kept growing. So now this year for the 2022 band camp, we are expecting 600 kiddos. I I absolutely believe it. I mean, I remember <laughs> seeing, was it, was it from last year? Because, you know, COVID was just funky acting but yeah. I feel like y'all played um the the campers played something last year and I was like oh they sound real good they yes and last good. year's camp was just a day camp we didn't have any students to stay, to stay overnight because of COVID mm-hmm. but um it was originally supposed to be a camp for just the local students but you know the out-of-towners were like uh we want to come I don't care if we have to pay a hotel rate mm-hmm. and so we still were able to get 250 kids from last year, even during COVID. And of course, you know, with all the um, safety precautions we took, none of our students got sick and the kids had a wonderful time. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, we got to get this back to you because this is about you. (laughs) But I know, I know you love your hundreds. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about band camp, your first camp. Ooh, (laughs) I will never forget this date. August the 10th, 1992. Mm-hmm. I yeah. remember my first day camp too. That was that day. Mm-hmm. When I walked in the Foster Tanner Music Building, I was nervous. I'm like, okay, Kim, can you really do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I, I walked up to the second floor, because auditions were held on the second floor, and there was this long line of students that were going to be potentially my freshman brothers and sisters. And so, you know, I just waited patiently. I had a conversation with a couple of them. And so then I walked into the audition room. There was Dr. White, Dr. Foster, the late Professor Charles S. Bing. Mm-hmm. Yo, he was such a great guy. Dr. Daniels, God rest in his soul too. And Dr. Shayla James. They were all there. I was, and Doc, and um, Lindsay B. Sargent was there. So you had all the head honchos right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like... Oh boy. So they asked me to play my scales, play my scales. They asked me to play my state solo, play my state solo. But I played my state solo by memory. So they were like, wait a minute, you didn't need your sheet music? I was like, no, I actually memorized it for state competition. Mm-hmm. And so that good right, old memory. they were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so did that. I did my audition. They would say, okay, we'll see you at such and such time. I'm like, okay. 
So went to grab my clarinet, went back to my dorm, got my room set up. So of course, when I met my freshman brothers and sisters, you know, we all had that look on our face, like, are we really going to do this? <laughs> so, you know, of course that week, yes, those days were long. Oh, they were long. I, I mean, I wasn't even worried about what time it was. I was like, listen, I'm going to do what it takes to make this bed. So yes, learning all the music, marching up and down and up and down the field, learning the right concept. But yes, those days were grueling. But if I was to go back to 1992, I wouldn't change a thing. I know you would. I wouldn't because it really prepared me, not just for my career, but it prepared me for life. Mm-hmm. The hundred taught me that no matter what task is in front of you, there is a way to accomplish it, not only accomplish it, but accomplish it well. That's what the hundred taught me. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about that first time you put on that uniform. Did you cry? Yes. <laughs> I had tears. I was nervous. I was like, oh my God, this is the uniform. Oh my God, it's heavy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because the uniforms back then were heavy Mm -hmm. I was like oh this thing is heavy all right okay we go do this and the first game we played was it was at Bragg Stadium versus South Carolina State University oh okay so that's a rival there so yes let me just inform folks um (laughs) (laughs) what's going on so you have the marching 100 of FAMU and you have the marching one-on-one of South Carolina State. You have um, Lindsey Sargent, who is the arranger at FAMU. And then you have his brother, Ronald Sargent, who is the director <laughs> at South yes. Carolina State. Yes. So you have the sibling rivalry. The sibling rivalry. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yes. That, and the thing is, uh, for those who have never visited Bragg Stadium, all right, let me let me let me educate y'all about Bragg. There are, in my opinion, there are two stadiums where the crowd, when it comes to the fans, you really have to impress them mm-hmm. to get their attention. That is Bragg Stadium, home of FAMU, and Mumford Stadium. Yeah, against I, knew gonna, I knew you were going to say Mumford. I knew you were going to say those. Listen, I keep telling folks, if mm-hmm. you go to those two stadiums particularly, your show has to be on point to get applause. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. So, you know, <laughs> and, you know, our fans, no matter which school, our fans will let you know how they feel. <laughs> no holds yeah. barred. So, of course, you know, with South Carolina State, you know, in, you know, in the hundred, we had a few friends who marched in South Carolina State there. So, yeah, that really made it, you know, a rivalry back then. So, of course, South Carolina State, they won the field first. And they played our concert selection, which was Boys to Men and the Road. Well, I mean, it was out then. That's a it was out song. there, yeah. And that was the number one song back then. That yeah. was the number one song. Mm-hmm. So they played it. And I saw the upper class in my section. They were laughing. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> And then I heard the Bragg Stadium crowd. I was like, "Uh oh, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they better hurry up. Uh oh. And so then it was our turn. That's when the jitters really came in. I was like, oh my God, this is my first 
performance in this band. <laughs> I said, okay, I better do this right. I better not make a mistake. So we perform, we play in the road. Yes, the difference is clear. And <laughs> you know, Joe Bull is famous for that phrase. Yes, and I know. We, of course, we got dance with T. I mean, the crowd was hype. And I was like, you know, when we marched off, I was in awe. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I did it. I was like, wow, you know. And so, you know, and that really kind of set up for the rest of the season. Cause you know, the right the weekend afterwards, we played the University of Miami. Mm. Now, let me tell you about University of Miami. When it comes to HBCU bands, Miami Hurricane fans love HBCU band pageantry. They love it. So, of course, you know, we walk in. There's the crowd. They're all clapping. I do not recall anyone booing or anything. They were like, listen, 100 here. <laughs> they did not want to hear their own band. That's how serious it was. But that was an awesome experience to perform at um, the Miami Hurricane um, game. Now, yeah, we knew our football team was going to lose. We, we knew that. But, mm -hmm. you know, just to perform there, that was a great experience to, to get, you know, to get you know response from an HBCU side and from a PWI side, so right. that was interesting. But I know that year we traveled a lot. So how was your first? How was your first Florida Classic? My first Florida Classic was fun. It was a lot of fun, and you know back then, Bethune Cookman's band was not on the level that it it is now. Mm -hmm. So you know they were much smaller. You know, and we. You know, we didn't really look at them like a rival rival. We kind of treated them like a little sister. But in 92, they were they were decent. They, they had, were decent. Oh, they yeah. Had, Don't get me wrong. They were they decent. Dr. Bray. Yeah, they were yeah. decent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a you know real good friend of mine. Um, one of my homeboys was a freshman, um, same time as I was at, but he was at Bethune Cookman Band and he ended up being becoming drum major um back in 97. His name is Tori Walker. And so Tori and I, we kind of connected with each other before you know the game so we used to do a, a little wave to know who we are so we saw each other so we knew who we were but you know it was a great game so after halftime that's when we knew we were officially members of the march 100 mm -hmm. oh my goodness next thing you know here come our hats here come our specialized shirts my my mom had something for me. I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. How'd your mom feel? Oh, she was ecstatic. She she was so proud. She was like, oh my baby in the address. You know, you know, moms, let me say one thing about our parents, you know, they want nothing but the best for us. And to see us do things such as participate in a hundred, graduate with your degree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about like some of the highlights through your four years um, marching because you did march for four years, right? Yes, I actually marched for four and a half. My last time marching was in fall '96. Oh wait, so you played? You were in the um? You faced us when we yes. came to Bragg. Yes. Wait a minute. Were you at that party afterwards? Yes. So was I. <laughs> 
Yes, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Of course, we didn't know each other no. back then. No. I was like, they threw a party for us and that was so much fun. <laughs> yes, 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 I was there. <laughs> That is funny. I yeah. did not. I did not get happy like a lot of people that were. <laughs> right. But I enjoyed the sights. Let's yes. just say that. <laughs> yes. 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 So, okay. So, uh, I'm just trying to think. Like, who in FAMU's band? If you want to shout somebody out, Ooh. who do you remember for like, you know, being a good marcher, maybe a drum major, like. Oh, wow. Boy, that's a good question. Because one thing about the 100, it was so many wonderful people who I, I marched with. I mar I'm going to be very honest. I marched with some people that who were, they were outstanding marchers, but marchers, they were outstanding musicians. Academically, they were great. Um, I'll give you a great example. Um, in terms of drum major, one drum major that really stood out to me was Milton Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, Milton was my drum major during my freshman year, fall 92. And he was the epitome of a leader. He wasn't the type that was loud. He wasn't obnoxious, nothing like that. But the way he carried himself, you could tell immediately that he was a leader. And of course he, um, he graduated summa cum laude, in criminal justice and um he's um he's been involved in government and he's i mean he's the epitome of a leader mm -hmm. definitely the epitome of a leader wow so, yeah so um in terms of drum majors he really stood out to me as as a leader don't get me wrong many of our drum majors were great leaders but he really stood out um in terms of marching oh man <laughs> or even musician you know oh, now you musicians know. oh man now where could i uh, start who pops in your head just Ooh, you know off the cuff. okay i'm gonna start with my freshman brother dyron holloway mm -hmm. um dyron is of course now the um the assistant director of bands at florida memorial university um, just a talented, gifted musician. And of course, during symphonic band, uh, all four years, he was first chair, I was second chair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we always had that, um, you know, that camaraderie, you know, that's the first run. He's like, that's my first sister. But he was such a talented, such a talented um, man. Also, my frat brother, James Seda, mm -hmm. <laughs> who was the director of bands at Southwest DeKalb High School in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Ooh, boy, the way he could play a trumpet, I'm telling you, that's a talented brother. And <laughs> one great memory of James is uh, during uh, any break times during rehearsals, James will just come out of nowhere and play themes from commercials. And I remember one time he played the theme of The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> And you know how silly we are. You know, we have to be silly to kind of let out frustrations. So you had people running down the hill, like, come on down. They bouncing around. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, I mean, we had some great music. Melton Mustafa, he's another one, an excellent saxophone player. And, of course, he's in charge of the Melton Mustafa Jazz Festival that he hosts in Miami every year in February. And so, you know, it's so many outstanding musicians that came from the 100. Of course, um, you have, um, oh, gosh, so many. 
<laughs> well, yes. let's, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot. I know there's plenty you can choose from. Oh, but, yeah. Watch but, Florida. Yeah. But you you did all of your years under Dr. Foster because then he retired yeah. in 97. Yeah, he retired actually in 98. 98. OK. Yes. OK. Yes. Summer of 98. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I met him at the Honda, the first Honda, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 That's when I got a chance to meet him. Oh, man. Yeah. Let me tell you, Dr. Foster, if there's one word I could, this, to me, Dr. Foster was a musical genius. That man had so much knowledge. It was unreal. I mean, to this day, I couldn't, I can't, I still couldn't believe that as I was prepared to graduate, he knew my name. He knew my parents. He knew where I was from and my major. Mm. Like, Whoa, Doc, you remember all of that? <laughs> but no, he was he was an amazing man. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about after you graduate, because you, you've been teaching for what, 25 years? 25 years. That's amazing. Are you yeah. are you elementary, middle, high school? Like what? I am elementary. Um, I taught I have taught elementary school for the past 23 years. Um, my first two years, um, I taught at a rural junior senior high school, small school, seventh through twelfth grade. And at the time, they had a music program, but it wasn't flourishing, you know. It was, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a class. But I wanted the students to not only just be taught music, I want them to learn how to enjoy music. It's one thing to just be taught it, but to learn to enjoy it is a whole different ballgame. And so, you know, I had students who never touched the instrument to a few students who did. And so, you know, through my various classes, you know, I had students to learn, learn different instruments. Um, they had their first concert back in spring of 98. The kids did a great job. Now, mind you, I taught both band and chorus at the school. Oh. Yes. That's and a so lot. I had my students, I had my students singing, I had my students performing. And you know, they were really learn, they were enjoying music. They were really learning to enjoy music. And I had a few students to tell me they was like, Miss Evans, you know, you the reason why I'm still in school. Because quite a few had contemplated dropping out of school. Wow. They stayed in school because they wanted to come to my class. And my principal at the time couldn't believe that. They were like, wait a minute. He in class? I was like, yes. He's never skipped my class. Mm -hmm. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, he's never skipped my class. So one day, my principal decided to come to my classroom a little early before this student came to the class. And sure enough, that student came to my class on time and my principal was shocked. He was like, I was like, I told you he comes to my class. And so during that time, we were doing a little project on music history and everything. And I knew that he was very good at art. So my students, they were creating this um, timeline and everything because they were learning about music history and everything. And my principal was amazed that my high school students, now mind you, they were between the ages of 16 and 18. He was shocked that number one, they were in class and number two, they were engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was shocked. And he was like, Miss Evans, you don't understand. I have a hard time keeping these boys and girls in class. Right. <laughs> but they stay in your class. I was like, I keep them engaged. I said, like, I keep them engaged. And number two, I really got to know them. 
mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what 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 triggers them? What can what what can I do to get keep them engaged and learning? And you know, so I had to come. I came up with different projects for them to do, and they didn't miss a class. <laughs> that is awesome. See see what music can do. I'm telling yes. you, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so and at that time, you know, after two years, you know, um, it was a different transition with the school. No funding was being, there, you know, coming into music. So I, I moved from um, Gaston County, where I was born and raised, to Pinellas County, which is the St. Petersburg area. I taught there for about 12 years. And that's when I started teaching elementary, elementary okay. music. Love, I love elementary music. And I tell people elementary music um, is really important. Especially mm-hmm. for a band sense and from a chorus sense, but definitely from a band sense, because you really want to get the kids' attention and you want to get them excited about learning instruments. So, you know, here I am, I'm giving this, you know, I'm giving the students, students are giving assignments, the students are learning about different instruments. And of course, with elementary, you mostly start with percussion and with recorders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had them going with that. And, you know, the students loved it. So some of them went ahead and went on into band. I had a few to go on to course too, which is great. But, you know, I'm making sure these students are learning and they're enjoying learning. And I think that's the number one thing is we have to make sure our kids love learning. Wow. Well, that's that's, that's awesome, Kim. So the Marching 100 Alumni Association. Yes. So you are the current president, right? Yes. I, I was elected in October of 2021. And I began uh, my presidency on January the 1st of this year. Mm-hmm. And it has, so far, it has been a very, very good experience for me. Um, you know, of course, working with working with my peers, working with people I marched with, those who marched after me or even before me, you know, it, it's great when collective minds come together for a great purpose. And of course, the purpose of our association is we are to advocate for the family bands and you know we assist them and the ways that we assist them is through financial contributions we do offer scholarships to our current students we also do book vouchers uh we also do band camp scholarships for mm-hmm. students who want to attend our band camp and uh, one of the things we've learned throughout the years is in terms of the band camp scholarships more than 70 percent of the students who received a band camp scholarship from us ended up becoming members of the hundred mm-hmm Okay, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. a good like recruitment tool. Yeah. So um I know you were like different offices before president, right? Yes. You were. Yes. Um I was I served as recording secretary, activities chair, membership chair, education chair. Um past six years before I became president, I was the executive vice president. Okay. Okay. Wow. You definitely like paid your dues. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Let's talk okay. about this book that's coming up. So, oh. um, yes. So shout out to Dr. Ashley Little and the HBCU experience movement. Yes. Um, Kim is one of our authors for the book that is coming out, the HBCU experience, HBCU band alumni edition, the second edition. And, um, you know, when we were going through and trying to you know ask people who would be good for it I was like man we gotta get we gotta get um Kim because <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing about Kim she gonna rep fam you so I, yes. I you would be perfect for it and I'm glad <laughs> you did it so yes. without spoiling anything can you give me a little 
a little teaser about what's in your chapter? Oh, my chapter basically talks about my lifelong journey about seeing the seeing a great band and how it all called a dream basically came into fruition. <laughs> okay, that's a good teaser right there. All right, so you'll be able to get it on Amazon.com. It's coming out at the end of June. Probably by the time this airs, it will be out. So go to either Amazon.com or the HBCU Experience Movement website. And um, I'm really excited, man. When we yes. let y'all know <laughs> who is in this book, it is some heavy hitters. You mm-hmm. hear me? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Not that the last volume didn't have any heavy hitters because they definitely did. Oh, they but did. Yeah, yeah. But it was some it's some good people this time too. Um <laughs> So just to kind of wrap things up, to close things, if you could, well, first of all, you know, just tell me kind of like what's on your heart and, and maybe more specifically, what, what lessons do you take from marching in the hundred? What lessons maybe do you bring to the classroom? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of them. Um, If I was to narrow it down, number one, (laughs) The, I think the number one lesson I learned about being in the March 100 is number one, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Long as you stick to your goals and aspirations, anything is possible. Um, one thing about learning through, uh, being a member of the 100, if you can go through the 100, you can accomplish pretty much anything in life. <laughs> Let me tell you, between, you know, between our awesome band staff to my colleagues that I marched with, oh man, I marched with, I marched with some awesome people from all walks of life. And the thing is, we've learned so much from each other. We helped each other grow. Mm -hmm. We helped each other grow. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not always an individual thing. We are, we are a family. You know, that's how we say the family. We are a family. Right. And close to the hundred, we are definitely a family. Mm-hmm. You know, and to this day, you know, so what's really interesting is that, you know, many of us have been friends for over 25 years. We are involved in with the lives of their children. We're like the aunts, uncles, godparents of each other's kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we really, truly look out for one another. But once again, as I said, you know, we also learn from one another and we help each other grow in ways that we would never thought we could, you know, grow from. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, going through that experience with the hundred, yes, there's some ups. Yes, there's some downs. There's some days you're like, okay, how am I going to do it? But when you make it through and you, you know, you graduate with your degree and here you are in your career and, you know, you have a situation that comes up. Some people panic. We don't panic as much because we're thinking back to our experience in the band and how we problem solve. And so, you know, when it comes to my career as a teacher, you know, if there's a situation, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we need to do. My colleagues looking at me like, you're not worried. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. I was like, that's not really something to worry about. I was like, yeah, you got to strategize. You got a plan. That's what I've learned, you know, in my years of being a member of the hundred. 
Wow. Well, you know what? That is a great way to close close it up. It was so <laughs> good talking to you, my Thank sis. You. My sister. Same here, sis. Thank yes. you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podcast. Bean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.